0: Today on The Breakdown, October 2014, it was a month that changed a lot of lives. People died. People were born. People fell in love. (laughs) And one person, one single solitary man named Daniel Erlinson, played a hand against Jake Cody. Yes, that's right. EPT champion Jake Cody in the London main event of the EPT. And there weren't that many tables left, like three. And there was so much money to be won, 500,000 pounds for first place. That's almost $800,000 in 2014 conversion rates, Grant. And Jake Cody, though, he's not the kind of guy who just lets you win pots, you know? He doesn't just let you drink your coffee. He doesn't just let you eat a nutrition (laughs) old bar, right? He's the kind of guy... (laughs) He's not going to let you just shave, you know what I'm saying? He's coming after you. He doesn't care what you're doing. Everything about Jay Cody's life is about making everyone else's life harder. And in most parts of the world, and most things you do, you know, the world punishes you for that. Punishes you for that, yes. But in poker, they celebrate you. And today, Jay Cody's going to make a play at Daniel Erlandson. Will he have the ability to stand up to this bully? It's not going to be easy. And there's a lot of money on the line. And we're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown. (laughs) With Grant Denison and Jonathan Levy.
1: (laughs) Hey! Were you wanting to do a podcast today? Or were you just wanting to do an opening for (laughs) forever? Just forever. What What was that nutritional thing? I don't know. He's He's not not going to let you have nutrition? I
0: said, old bar, because I was like, this doesn't, doesn't make any sense.
1: I mean, that's one way to really hurt somebody's game <laughs> is to deny them nutrition so that their brain doesn't function as well. It's
0: true. Or, you know, uh, given enough time, their brain won't function at all. And then you win. You yeah. just raise and take it. Then you're like, I'm all in again.
1: <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> Every like... fucking
0: hand until this guy shows some spine and doesn't fold. Yeah. He's auto-folding, man. You know, sometimes I never thought about this, but when I used to play online, I used to play a lot of heads up sit and goes and stuff. And sometimes, you know, this was one of the great things about playing heads up sit and goes with a good internet connection back in the day is, you know, you'd be playing someone and their internet connection would die, yeah, and you would just get to win the event. You know, you get to win the match Um, because you just raise every hand. Of course, auto fold, and it's it's wonderful. And I never thought about the fact that maybe they died. Yeah, sometimes.
1: You know? <laughs> I wonder what the chances are that one of those people died. I, I mean, it's not zero, you know? It's
0: pretty low. It's pretty low. But how many times did that happen in my life? I mean, I'm going to guess 200, 250. I played, you know, 300 times this has happened in my life. So pretty low. You got to win low.
1: 300 heads-up, sit-and-goes because the other player wasn't there. Maybe that's a little that high. That feels like a lot.
0: I played a lot of heads-up, sit-and-goes. But you're right. That's probably a little high. Yeah. Um, maybe it was 100. I would I would be surprised if it was less than 100 over over my whole life, though. So okay, so probably not, probably unlikely. Someone died. I'm
1: gonna go with nobody died. most Maybe likely. though,
0: and maybe all of them died. Grant, all of them died would be quite rare. You yeah. would be
1: basically a serial killer. Unless, oh, that's interesting. Because yeah, then it's my fault. Yeah, because then I'm I'm the pattern. You're I'm obviously the... <laughs> like beyond statistical regression. A common denominator here. There's some detective summers like what links all these cases? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, and then their eyes as they're slowly going through the, the Pokerstar's hand histories. Is,
1: the crazy thing is their their finger's always on the raise button, and they always have aces. Yeah. It's the same. But did you look at who the opponent was? What? <laughs>
0: you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This small town of 4,000 people has had one murder a week for 26 <laughs> straight weeks.
0: Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Thank God you're here. Yeah. Murder, she wrote, man. Come on. Yeah. It's not crazy. You know, the... Um, the town in Longmire, which is a sort of western, galbo- western cop, cop show. Yeah, it's pretty good actually. It's on Netflix. Um, so it's a real town, and it's like there's something like a murder every like four years in it. But in the show, at least one person dies every single week, and often multiple people die. And there's gangland
1: violence <laughs> and shootouts and all the thing. And it's just sort of it's it's a little strange. Yeah, same thing with that uh, show, Psych. Like Santa oh, yeah. Barbara has like less than one murder per year on right. average, and they're like solving four murders a week. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess who cares? Yeah, but it's funny. It's weird that you would pick a place that's like that when you don't have to. That's all. You know? Because
1: you know it's a, it's different. Like yeah. there's so many cop shows in New York and Chicago and L.A. Like you can't just keep doing it. I mean, but there are other cities where people get Miami, filled, Baltimore. Nobody dies in Baltimore. Everyone dies. They in They have the the best doctors. <laughs> Also, incredible pharmacies. Yeah. Yeah, you're next to a pharmacy and you get shot like 50 times. You're like, give me the bullet juice. I mean, also
0: just they get you your order quicker than a lot of other. Right. They're, 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 like, they're the kind of pharmacists that are like, I don't have to take this these pills from this bottle and put them in this tinier no. bottle for you. I'm just going to give you the pill.
1: It's, they're not polite, but they are efficient. Yeah.
0: And I like that about it Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't appreciate polite people anyway. Fuck them. Exactly.
1: Fuck you, Erlinson. Probably polite. Yeah, you're polite as hell. We know it. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Alright, so Jake Cody. Yeah. We haven't seen this guy for a while. We have not. He was, he was all over the EPT back in this era, the 2014 area. Probably somewhere like 2011 to 2015 was his heyday, something like that?
0: Something like that, yeah. He was one of the big, big stars of the EPT, for yeah. sure. They, like, talked about him all the time. They showed him. You know, they, all, they always went over all the champions anyway, but they made an extra big thing about him. I think because he was English. was part yeah. of it.
1: Him, I feel like he overlapped with Jason Mercier being a really big deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing?
1: We're laughing. We're both <laughs> laughing because Jonathan just smelled his armpit and made a face like, oh, it, oh, it was bad. And it's so bad. <laughs> I'm
0: shocked at how bad it is. I apologize if you can smell it. Like Don't great. you have
1: two showers in your apartment?
0: I do. I also have a lot of clean clothes.
1: Yeah. So what happened?
0: I slept in this shirt and woke up not long before you got here.
1: At noon, by Yeah. Way.
0: Also, yeah, there's more, but I won't get into it. It's, Please it's not going to make me look good. <laughs> I'm say. I mean, it's,
1: it's hard to make it look worse, but I guess you could make it worse. Oh, I could definitely make it look worse, but let's not. I, my my armpit smells bad because I was being racist. <laughs> that
0: would, that, see, that's a great example. Yeah, yeah that could be worse. Yeah. Mine's not that bad, but it's pretty bad.
1: <laughs> so sexist or I don't know.
0: I mean, I'll let, I'll let your imagination be okay. the judge, okay? Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, Jake Cody's heyday was probably around the 2014, right around now, actually. 2014, 2015, uh, 2013. He was playing all the EPT events. He was doing pretty well in them. Uh, What do you think Jake Cody's total live earnings on on Hendon are? I'm going to go 5.3 million. You're very good at this game. He's 4.5 million. Okay. This is very impressive. What do you think that stands on the all-time money list as of today, which is July 22nd, 2021? 140th. Not even close. 250th? Worse. 500th? 306th. Okay. So like it's interesting. There it wasn't that long ago that that would have been like easy top 100. Yeah. But they place all these high rollers now and
1: Yeah, the Triton alone has really I mean anyone
0: if you don't have a million dollars
1: in your hand and you're just nobody. Yeah, you're basically Jonathan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Except your shirt probably smells a little bit or your or yourself probably smells yeah. better. Probably just statistically, most likely that's, that's just true.
1: Seems like the the case most likely. I'm
0: on the very. I'm in the tail of the bell curve on this one. <laughs> I'll just tell you right it's now. Good to know. Um, all right, uh, so th- that's that's Cody. Now his, oppo- his opponent, Daniel Erlinson, also has uh, a Hendon. Yeah, of course. It's not as good. Uh, Six hundred fifteen thousand total live earnings, and uh, you know that's not that's not nearly as good. Is what I'll say.
1: And plays a lot of of things, right?
0: Yeah, he's got a lot of caches. It isn't like he's got a few, and so it feels like, without really knowing anything, it feels like he's probably a cash game player or an online player who played a bunch of tournaments also. And my guess is he's probably a lifetime loser in tournaments with only 615K. With and, how many buy-ins he's
1: got? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of, you know, he's buying into, you know, 1 and 2K events a lot, at least with the with the things that he's won. And, and bigger things too, you know, 4,000 pound, 27,000 euro type stuff, whatever. um 3,300 euro. Like, I don't think 600K is going to do it. You know, it doesn't
1: take that long to catch. That's 20 buy-ins
0: for a If he's really Euro. playing,
1: like, multiple events every week or something. Yeah.
0: By the way, it's not 20 buy-ins, 200 buy-ins. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but if he's playing a lot, and it looks like there was a period anywhere he was, since he was cashing a lot, I assume he was playing a lot, you know. Unless he just has an incredible
1: cash rate, which is not something you should expect and if with, he did, no then, one, with no other information. If he
0: did, I expect him to play higher or play more, yeah. you know. Um, not always the case, though, if he's just a killer cash game player. Anyway, I'm just letting you guys know sort of what the background is on our opponents here. And, uh, you know, here we are. We're, there's like three tables left in this EPT, bro.
1: October 2014. Yeah. What is one memory you have from October 2014? My birthday.
0: I, was, I was, we had a great birthday. Where did you go? Um, I stayed into my apartment for some of the day.
1: I uh, took a shower, probably. No, ate, you didn't. Ate some food. That, that part was a lie. We know it's a lie now, the shower part.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a lie. Uh, yeah, you uh, you bought me a meal. It was very nice of you. It's quite possible. It's not impossible. Yeah, but who knows?
1: 2014.
0: It's easy if you say, "Yeah, you know, do you remember anything that happened in October of any year?" And I'm like, "I do." <laughs> it's your birthday. I at least remember something that I might might have happened. Yeah, it's my birthday, yo. Don't be a putz.
1: I was. I, have, I do actually have a memory of October 2015 okay. because it was a, a life event. I moved into my first house. Oh, really? That was yeah. when that happened? Yeah. It's a long time ago. I remember being grateful that you didn't ask me to help you move. Yeah. I was an adult and yeah. I wasn't completely poor, so I paid for movers That's because great. if you're an adult and you're not completely poor and you don't pay for movers and you ask your friends to help you, unless they really owe you, you're kind of being a dick.
0: Yeah. Also, honestly, your friends aren't going to do as good a job, and movers aren't that expensive. Oh, movers
1: are so fast, too. It's crazy. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Also, I need things, like, whenever I move, and I moved a bunch since I've been been out here 11 years, and I've moved, I think, four times. Like, I have a bed that, like, it's an Ikea bed, and, like, it's impossible to take apart unless you're a professional mover. And they know how to take it apart and put it back together, and so they can move it anywhere. But you can't get it out of any of my bedrooms without taking it apart. So, like, I could never even consider having a friend
1: do it, you know, unless I'm going to leave... Abandon the bed, which is never going to happen. Moving is like the worst chore. Like back when I was yeah. young and did not have the money for movers, it was like such a horrible chore. Yeah. Cleaning true. up afterwards also, like you have to do all that shit and then clean up afterwards. Ugh. Packing and then moving and then cleaning and then unpacking. Although unpacking is not as bad. Unpacking can be kind of fun. You're like setting up your new place. Yeah, it's,
0: but still, like with all the stuff going on, you know, and, and actually move and the final part of getting all the stuff out from the truck to your new place. I mean, the whole thing is just rough. It's a disaster. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah, it's great to have professional movers. You don't have to do anything except pay them. Highly recommend. We don't have any affiliate links, but someday we'll be sponsored by professional movers. Just just the professional movers association.
0: You know, don't ask your friends. Yeah. Use the professional movers association. All right. EPT eleven. The Grand Connet Rooms in London. From the twelfth to eighteenth of October, they played this series. That's too much
1: information. This was suggested <laughs> by Ajit. On Twitter. Okay. Ajit, uh DM'd us. You can DM us, although we're less likely to see it that way. Yeah. Uh, if you just tweet at us, that's the best way. But, you know, we might see it if you DM us. Uh, he included a YouTube link, and it was just the one hand, so that was good enough. But if there's a lot of hands in the link, you got to tell us where the hand is. And uh, maybe we'll do your hand. Maybe. This, um, the last two
0: tables or so, last three tables, had some pretty notable names, this event. Do you want
1: to hear who I'd they I'd love to hear them. I can't tell if you're being sincere or not. I'm not, but go oh. anyway. Kevin McPhee? Oh, yeah. He was also kind of like... I, I actually played mm-hmm. with him in like 2018, but I feel like his heyday was before that. Yeah, for sure. Jake Cody, of course.
0: Um, I don't know. Does Kevin Kylene count as a notable guy? No. Okay. Raffaele Sorrentino? Does he count? He won Sort a, of.
1: He won an EPT event? Yeah, he's like sort of
0: notable. Vieira? Yes. Simon Dedman? I know you love that guy.
1: I think he made a good play, and you thought he made a bad play, but... Yep. I think he's notable.
0: Have you ever heard of Liv Boree? No, who's that? Marc-Andre Ladussure? Yeah. Fatima Morella de Melo? All, pe- all these people finished in the top 30. Anyway.
1: That must be Fatima's best finish.
0: I mean, I'm not going to look it up right now, but yeah. I could. I could click on her name, but I'm just not going to do yeah. it. Yeah. Because I don't care. Right. And you shouldn't. It probably is her best finish, though, now that I think about it. Anyway, let's not get into that. Let's, no, let's get into this. Let's all get right. into the hand.
1: Thanks, Ajit. Ajit? I don't, Ajit. I don't know how to say your name. Let's it's go a- with the G. Ajit. A-J-I-T. Um, 8K, 16K. Okay. We got something like three tables left. The we've, We're in the money reasonably where we're like 30,000 euros-ish, but the real money's on top, obviously. Jake Cody has a lot of chips. He's in the small blind. It folds to him. He's got 1.9 million at the 8K, 16K level. He's going to limp Queen of Spades, 10 of diamonds from the small blind. His opponent has 665K. So still a reasonable stack, like 40 bigs. Yeah. Um... Do you prefer a limp or a raise in this scenario with Cody's deck? I mostly prefer a raise,
0: actually. I like raising a lot here unless your opponent's going to fire back. Now, this was the days of the crazy aggressive EPT. So maybe back then you were just getting raised with insanely wide ranges, and this is not a kind of hand you really want to do anything with except fold when you get re-raised. So maybe it's better to limp. But in general now, I mostly want to raise in this spot when we're like four tables left, and I have a lot of chips, and my opponent... Well, even if my opponent also has a lot of chips, but certainly if he has less chips, but more than 15 blinds, boy, do I want to raise. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's just win the pot, man. Like, usually I'm going to win if I raise, right? So that'd be my default setting. How
1: about you? I mostly agree, but I don't hate limping if you really feel like you have a post-flop edge anyway. If you're out of position, though. You're going to lose some of that edge. You are, but also if, if the thing that you're saying is true and you're getting three-bet a lot, like, you don't want to make it four blinds, get three-bet to 12 blinds, and call with queen-10 off of out course. of position. And you can't really, it's not a a good hand to
0: four bet with either. Like there's so many better hands. Um, And this is a hand we absolutely can limp call a raise with.
1: Yeah, if he even 5Xs it, we can call a raise.
0: And I guess the other way to look at it too is like if he 5Xs it, we call and we check fold. Like we still have so many chips. It really doesn't affect our
1: standing in any way to have that happen. By the way, in 2014, he wasn't going to 5X it if he raised. He was probably going to 3X it or something. Oh,
0: yeah, maybe even less. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so th- so if there's any threat at all of, like, wide three-betting going on, I th- it's fine to just complete here.
1: Yeah, I agree. Three. Anyway, he does, and he might have gotten three-bet by this hand. Erlinson's got Ace of Spades, Nine of Hearts. Would have been reasonable to three-bet, although kind of awkward with a 40-blind stack. Like, you don't want to call off your tournament, but against Jake Cody, do you have to if you make it 12 blinds over his four and he makes it the 40 blinds? It seems sort of absurd to three-bet fold this
0: hand for so much of your stack with a hand this good. Yeah. Um, so we either have to th- three bet call it off or just call those are our only two options
1: well we don't have to worry about that because cody limped yeah so is it a clear raise now i think it is just there's enough enough free money out there that we got to go for it also like if he calls we often have the best hand right we have a good hand are we concerned about the limp three bet i don't think we're folding this hand if if he, f- if he limp three bets we're just jamming i think we are do you agree I think it's really close. 40 blinds is a lot to throw into the ether with ace-nine freaking off. I agree. Against a guy who is not afraid to call if he has anything reasonable. It's true, but it is going to... It is enough of... We have enough of a stack that it hurts him to call.
0: So he's not going to just be like, whatever.
1: You know, he's not going to do that. Well, least. we block all of his most likely limb three-bet bluffs, which is problematic. But we also dominate a lot of them. But if they're bluffs, it doesn't matter if we dominate them. Um. Well, let's see. I mean, if we make
0: it... Three blinds. Yeah. And Cody makes it... What's Cody going to make it? Ten blinds? Sure. Eleven blinds? Something sure. like that. And we shove... Yeah, he's folding ace seven, right? Yes. Yeah, of course he is. Uh, and he's calling with ace jack for sure. And probably ace ten. Ace ten is close. Yeah. He's probably going to feel like he has to call with it. So we may be in sort of this exactly wrong spot where... I don't know what he does with ace eight, but he probably finds a fold. Yeah. Right? So maybe maybe it's exactly the worst hand to do it with. Um, where, But still... Like, once he three bets, if he were to three bet us, like, calling with this hand feels pretty awful, too. We're going to put in 30% of our stack with well, ace-nine off and then see a flop. And if we don't, even if we connect with a flop, we're not going to love it. Well, like, maybe
1: all of this is why Erlinson decides to check it back.
0: Yeah, but I, I, I feel like to some degree it's monsters under the bed syndrome a little bit, too. A like, little all bit. All these things that are very unlikely to happen. Sure, a, they would suck. A but.
1: little bit, but that's not the whole thing, right? You're also disguising your hand and... yeah. You, you're protecting your range. That's true. Those are 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 cool effects of this play, along with, allowing you to play in position, you know, against a guy who you can pretty comfortably call when you have anything reasonable. That's true. And Cody's very aggressive. So if we were to actually flop an ace or top
0: pair, like, we may get a lot more chips than we would normally get because he may take lots, not just one shot, but multiple shots, you know. So so maybe that pays for it too. And keeping it, keeping the pot small otherwise isn't that bad when we have 40 blinds, right? Right.
1: And, I don't know what Erlinson's actual skill level is, but if I know he's a poker player, which I do know that, yes. he probably assesses it as pretty high. Uh, like most poker players who have had any level of success, think mm. that they're really, really good. Yeah, like you don't want to put yourself in a position where you might feel compelled to put in forty blinds pre-flop with Ace Nine off if you're that guy and you think you're good. But only but only if you think that's going to happen some reasonable amount of the
0: time. If yeah. you think, like, 2% of the time I'm going to be in this weird spot, who cares? Like, let's let's raise and win the pot most of the time here. Your expected value is, is really positive then, you know? And even if Jake calls a lot, now he's out of position. We probably have the best hand. Almost always we have the best hand when he just calls, right? We've defined his hand and his range pretty well. I don't know if we've defined his range very well. I mean, like, you don't think he – I mean, he doesn't have ace-jack plus almost ever, Right.
1: Like, when ace flops, we almost Often, always okay, have the best as ace. As far as that's concerned, but I think there's a lot of hands, that, a lot of flops that we have no idea if it connects with them or not.
0: Well, that's always going to be true, though, right? But, like, we know, but, like, if he check calls out of position, he doesn't have, like, 10-5 suited, Limb right? Limp calls. Limp calls, sorry. Yeah. Um, right? He doesn't have 10-5 suited. He has, he, has, he, has the ki- he has a bunch of hands that are, like, basically, like, almost a big bind defending range that's a little bit tighter because he's out of position and we're only so deep, right? Um, I think. Like, he might Maybe. have 10-9 off. He might have 10-9 yeah. off. Um I don't know. I I definitely prefer a raise overall unless we think Jake is 3 betting us a pretty high percentage of the
1: time. Yeah, I think this is one of those hands and spots where, like, I've been in live poker in the past in spots where I have this hand in a situation somewhat similar, and I feel compelled to raise because you kind of get that thing in the back of your head like aren't I a joke if I don't raise this hand? (laughs) You know, like, won't all the good players think I'm bad if I don't raise this hand? And that's, like, not a good enough reason to raise it. That's a terrible reason. And for me, like, I've sometimes raised it. And it's not just that. It's just, like, that's, like, a a little factor in my head that maybe I'm not even aware of at the time is happening. But I'm like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to raise this. But truthfully, I feel more confident playing this hand-checking back. And Erlinson does too. But mm-hmm. I, I really feel like I can play this better checking back than raising. I feel more confident navigating post-flop on flops where I miss or flops where I have marginal value. And if, it just feels better. Yeah. And I still have a lot of blinds to work with. It's going to be a great structure. It's an EPT main event.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's the biggest, I think, uh, case for checking is the structure's really good. We don't – like, raising, winning four blinds from Jake is nice. But, you know, like, being able to play – be able to do pot control and be able to make really reasonable, easier decisions with this hand against a uh, bit of a live wire is kind of nice too. With a yeah. hand that's quote surprisingly good, unquote. Um, and then you can find better spots, maybe. Yeah, so that, that's the other side of it. I still mostly just want to raise and check
1: back a little bit for deception, but whatever, it's not, it's, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, right? I just think it's uh, I think a lot of people would hear the check back and be like, that's bad, and I just mm-hmm. don't think it's bad. I mean, Jake is completing with a pretty wide range of hands, right? Sure. He's going to have a bunch of folds if we race. Yeah. That's, but th- that's a positive outcome right away. It is. Away. It is. But it's fine if we don't achieve that outcome, because it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. But also, sometimes he's going to call, and then we're going to win on the flop. And that's okay. going to be nice, too. I mean, obviously, there's benefits to both yeah. Anyway, things. Yeah. And it's wonderful to check. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> so that's what happens. Okay. Queen 10 off for Cody, ace nine off for Erlinson, Uh, spades and diamonds for Cody, spades and hearts for Erlinson, 44K in the pot. The flop is eight of clubs, nine of diamonds, deuce of spades. A little something for everybody, especially Erlinson who flops top top. That's kind of a dream flop for ace nine. That's pretty good. Um, Queen 10 has a lot going on here too, obviously. Two overs and a gut shot to the nuts. Yep. And it's not a wet board suit wise. So Cody doesn't have to worry about dirty outs or anything. So that's nice. Yeah. All right, as Cody, it feels like the most natural thing is to bet, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I like betting. He checks. Okay, explain why.
0: Uh, well, the two reasons to check are we we can engage in pot control ourselves. Basically, like like there's only two blinds in the pot, right? Or is this a hand we want to pot control with? Um, not necessarily, but the pot is so small that it's not that big a deal to check call. You know what I mean? It's sure. like the bet's going to be big. He's yeah. going to bet like one or one and a half blinds if he bets like we can decide to call if we want to. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's not like if the pot's big and now it's like, oh, it's a big chunk of... It's, it's an inflection point. Like, the, on the flop, if we check call it, there's no inflection points happening yet. So, so, that, so we have that option. Yeah. But also we have the option, of course, to check raise with this hand and, and take an aggressive action that way and make more chips if our opponent doesn't want to call the raise, right? Mm-hmm. Which is usually going to happen. Like, if he, if he bets and we raise, he's going to fold a lot, right? Um, and then we get more chips instead of just betting. Now, we're also giving free cards, of course, but that's okay to just see go if it goes check check too with this hand. Yeah. I, so mean, I, give, I don't hate a check. I would normally bet it, but I don't hate a check. Giving
1: a free card is not such a big deal when you have Queen High. You're not protecting any equity. I mean, you're and you're not protecting anything made at least. Yeah.
0: And yeah, it's it's totally fine if you get a free card, then you can bet the turn if you want. You know, you can take an aggression aggressive action then and you might improve anyway. And like, cool.
1: Yep. Anyway, he does check. Okay. Pretty easy bet for Erlinson with top top, right? I I, guess if you think, like, it's Jake Cody, he could have anything, and he's going to fire away, I need to give him that chance, like, if he just really didn't connect with his flop. But there's a lot of cards that are scary. Anything over a nine is scary for ace-nine except for an ace. Jake's going to have a lot of calls on this board anyway, right?
0: Like, he's going to have gut shots and pairs and
1: maybe some king highs
0: and ace highs. But it
1: was notably interesting that he checked with his gut shot, and maybe he only checks with his gut shot with two overs. Like, if he has a weak gut shot, he's probably betting that, right? Most of the time. I don't know.
0: Um, you'd you'd he, expect it. I mean, he might take an aggressive action, but he might be check-raising that. With, I guess he might. I don't know. Um, but I wouldn't expect him to check call with a weak gut shot, like 6-8. Uh, sorry, six, uh, 5 seven or something like yeah. that. I would not expect that. That's true. Um, but he can have deuces. He can have 8s. He might have weak ace highs also, or even good ace highs that he's going to check call with. I don't know. Um, it feels like we have top-top. We should bet. There's a lot of like, cards that are going to make it more complicated. We should put a little money in there, and it's okay to take it down right now.
1: Yep. I agree. He bets 20K. Okay. Into 44. Nice small bet. All right. Cody, do you like a check raise or a check call? I think both are fine. I
0: got to tell you. like It's so cheap to call, and so often it's going to go check, check on the turn. Even if we don't improve by the river, we can then bet the river, and our opponent's just going to fold because he like took a shot and yeah. is giving up. That That's fine. But we could also just check raise right now and win most of the time.
1: right? And also if we get called, we have a lot of equity against most of the range.
0: Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, So I like both options. I don't, I don't know what I like better. If it was, if the pot was bigger, if it was a bigger bet, I'd want to check raise more because it's check calling out of position, a bigger bet sucks. Yeah. But it's so cheap. It's basically a blind. It's 1.25 blinds. Right. Like, I don't think it's a big deal to check call either. What do you think?
1: I think I slightly prefer a check raise because I think Erlinson's range is probably inclusive of almost everything. Like, he happens to have a nine, but I don't think he's checking back this board with a whiff when Cody checks. I think he's taking a shot. I think you're probably right. Yeah, so let's not let him win with a whiff later by checking again and then, like, having to fold.
0: It just gets weird because when we check raise, what are we repping? We're repping nine, eight, eight deuce, and nine deuce? And deuce, deuce. Okay, deuce, deuce. Not very much. Yeah. Very, very little. And if our opponent has a pair... Any of those
1: pairs, he's blocking our ray, our value rate right. pretty significantly. But I think it maybe that doesn't matter. Like if Erlinson... maybe I don't, I don't know anything about Erlinson. Yeah. But if he's like most players on the EPT in 2014, he has every combo. Yeah. You know every combo they checked back. Yeah. Which some of them connect with this, and some of them don't. But the majority of them don't.
0: And the truth is, I guess Cody uh, has all the nine eights. That you know, even if Erlinson has an eight in his hand, so there's yeah. less combos of it. He's got all those other combos of it, right? right. Always, you know, and and even. I guess he doesn't have all the eight deuces and all the nine deuces. He might actually just fold those or raise those. I doubt suited, he's going to complete. I doubt. Yeah, suited he'll have, but I doubt he's going to like complete with those. You know, he's probably going to raise or fold those. pretty Yeah. Fast. So there's that. So actually, we can eliminate some combos as Erlinson too. I'm just thinking about this now. We, we just don't have that much value, but we have. But that, I
1: don't think that matters that much. I think it plays better as check raise. Yeah.
0: You just think like, who cares what the story is? Basically, yeah. is your point.
1: Like it's just going to be too effective to make it the wrong play. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate a check raise by any means. We're going to win so much of the time by check raising. Right. And also, of course, if we get called, we might be in fine shape as far as equity, and we might be able to improve and win a big pot.
0: Yep. Of course, we also, if we get called, could lose a monster pot. That is true.
1: But, you know, worry about that later. That's the Jake Cody life. Yeah. So he does check raise. Okay. Makes it 61K. Seems fine. Okay. The obvious immediate answer to what Erlinson should do is to call. Yeah. Is there any argument for three betting? I can't think of a great argument for three-betting.
0: We three bet. By three-betting, we shut out the draws. Yeah, which there are some open-enders and some gut shots. No question. Um, but, you know, anytime Jake has a hand for value here, we're just getting destroyed, right? Yeah, we're just, we we're just out Jake's, of the tournament. We basically. assume Jake's
1: not check-raising king-nine. Probably not. I don't know why he would.
0: It seems really unlikely. And if he does, I don't know that he's... Maybe, maybe if he's check-raising king-nine, he is going with it. And, like, cool, that's the one hand and there's not very many combos of it because two nines are now out we have a nine there's nine on the board so there's eight combos of king nine yep it just seems like also it's jake cody he's the kind of guy who is going to triple barrel One now that he's done this whether he has it or not right
1: yeah the thing that sucks is how many scare cards there are for our hand well at least it's a rainbow board that helps a lot for us doesn't it it also makes it more likely that cody has a big hand it does, but he's got he's got all the
0: straight draws, and we have a nine which blocks all, some of the value, like yeah. what I was saying. Like now we block nine eight, we block nine do suited. Yeah, another version, right? So now there's just less stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think we can call. I think that's the most comfortable play. I just wanted to explore. No, it's it's interesting. I mean, what what are the good things that come out of raising besides?
0: You know, we we completely shut out the draws, and scary cards aren't going to make us aren't going to put us in a weird
1: spot on the turn. Yeah, we fully deny equity. I think it's very questionable as to whether or not we can get value from a weaker hand. I mean, if we think about what cards we don't want to see, it's basically the cards that
0: Cody wants to see, right? It's Queen, Jack, Ten, are the worst three cards in the deck, I think, right? Well, we don't want to
1: see anything that's five through Queen.
0: Those are those are all pretty bad, but. Uh, but probably we're not going to fold on any of them immediately on the turn anyway, right? Probably not, just because like that just completes one thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're probably and also
1: Jake's going to. Ha- we're just going to. I think we just have to call and see what happens and hope it all works out. <laughs> I yeah. think. Yeah, that seems like probably the right approach. Although it's so scary if like this is one of your deepest runs in a major event and this dude who you know is capable of a lot of stuff is check raising you here and you're like god am i gonna lose the tournament on this hand just because it's jay cody and i have to calm down am i gonna freaking lose this tournament
0: yep it's true but the on the other side of it is of course this is how you win tournaments right is you have guys like jay cody take their shots and you hang in there and you let them do their thing you walk the dog and then he doubles you up because like he can't help himself and you know, it's hard to get the chips from Jay Cody. You have to basically cooler him otherwise, right? If you're not going to, like, call him down in, in certain spots right you have to hero, it's, like, yeah. just really hard to get the chips. This is the way you get the chips out of Jay Cody. Yeah, I agree. So you just got to let him do his thing, I think.
1: Well, he's going to. Erlandson's going to call. Okay. Sounds good. But sounds not good. as good as Nitrogen Sports. That sounds better. It sounds better. It's because they have apples. And peanut butter. Yeah, and if you combine the two, oh. did you know that's a good flavor combo? I bet you didn't know that. I did not know that. You know what else is a good flavor combo? Marshmallows and honey, oh, so good. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate and everything. Just a chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Nitrogen <laughs> sports. Just a <the> chocolate. <laughs> it's just a chocolate. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> that's that's bad. It's a new ad. It's a new. It's a new day in advertising. People and
1: the less sense you make, the more things you sell. I mean, it's called contrapositive advertising. Whoa, and it's wonderful. And it's all about chocolate. Nitrogen Sports. If you had chocolate and a piece of crap, and one of them was Nitrogen Sports and the other one was something else, Nitrogen Sports would always be the chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Contrapositive
0: advertising. FTW.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up to get access to exclusive Poker Guys events, including our monthly tournament, which always has an overlay, and other little sprinkles of fun that they throw in throughout the year Mm. for you special people who sign up through through the link.
0: Indeed. It's a fabulous tournament. And they also, of course, have sports betting. They have casino games. It's all Bitcoin-based. So when you want your money out of Nitrogen Sports, they don't dilly-dally around. They get you your money in 90 minutes.
1: It's kind of like the flavor of chocolate. It's not like you bite into the chocolate and you're like, I'm going to wait a while, and then maybe I'll taste something that tastes good. No, it's no. immediate. Yeah, it's 90 minutes, and you get to taste yeah, that you chocolate. Yeah, chocolate within 90 minutes. Nitrogen Sports. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think we did that well. Yeah. That was clearly a good ad. Okay. 166K in the pot now. Yeah. Eight of clubs, nine of diamonds, deuce of spades. Cody's got queen 10 off. Erlandson has ace nine off. Okay. Erlandson is called the check raise. He is the effective stack. The turn is the seven of spades. Brings a second spade, but more Mm. importantly, completes a couple straights, most notably jack 10. That
0: is the very notable completing of straight card. Yeah. You
1: really don't like to see that as Erlandson. No. Like Cody could definitely have Jack-10. He has Queen-10. He probably has Jack-10 in his range. Yeah, I think he absolutely does. So this card is like a slam dunk. You have to keep betting as Cody, right? Maybe a board pair you don't. Those seem like the most obvious give-ups. Yeah, I uh, think that's probably Maybe right. a few other cards, but I can't think of what they would be. Maybe you'd continue on everything but a board pair. But this is like an easy yes, because not only do you have now uh, an open-ender instead of just a gut shot, you also block the nuts, which yep. is great. Yep. yeah. It's a really good spot. And you also block 10-6 in case Erlandson could have that. I'm not sure if he could or not. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he could either, but it doesn't
0: matter. Blocking the nuts is great. Being open-ended is great. There's no way we're not firing as Jake Cody
1: here. So when we block all of these straights and straight draws, we probably put Erlandson on a pair most of the time at this point, right? I mean, when he, when he bet calls the flop, he's got a lot of nines, right? Yeah, he's got nines. He's got eights. He has some eights. Yeah. Probably folds deuces a lot of the time, I think so. He might fold some eights on the
0: flop yeah. too, but the nines he has to call with. He's probably calling with a lot of eights against Jake Cody. Um, maybe maybe eights that, that unblock straight draws specifically. Like you don't want like, you
1: don't really want to call with eight ten. So you think he doesn't have seven eight? That would be good. It seems harder for him to have seven. But he probably eight, yeah. has seven nine. He just has to call it his nine. Yeah,
0: he has to call it top pair. But yeah. but like the eights is probably going to be a little more careful and like call it like the king eights and maybe even worse eights like eight four. But Seven, eight, eight, ten. Those are worse eights now because you you want Jake to have those cards. In his Depends head. on if he was thinking that way in 2014. Well, I don't know if he was or not, but that's that's what he should be thinking about now, in now. 2014. Now in 2014, if he could go into 2014 now and think that way, that would be. good. I would invent the iPhone 11. That's <laughs> <what I'm... laughs> You're such a fool. There's an iPhone 12, isn't there? Yeah, but well, that's too
1: that's too much. <laughs>
0: People will know. People, people will be like, oh, that's a time travel invention. I'm not buying that. That's fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. I would never want something from technology from the future. <laughs> That'd be the worst thing. Not when
1: somebody's profiting from time travel. Right. Because I'm the only one who can profit from time travel.
0: You know, once they realize that there's a time travel machine and time travel has been happening, I wonder if they're going to look around and be like, so how many times has my life, have I been on like a different timeline and experienced different things and I, that have been wiped away and I don't even know about? Like, who was I in those other timelines?
1: What did I do? What actions did I take? Who was I married to? Who did I kill? You know, these are the questions you ask. One of the answers, the answers to one of those questions, who was I, who was I married to, who did I kill, is probably Daniel Erlinson. One of the, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, here we are. Incredible segue. Yes. Seven of spades. Okay. All right. So it feels like Cody must continue. I don't see how he doesn't continue. How do you want to size it? One hundred sixty-six k in the pot. Um. I mean, we're trying to get him to fold
0: a nine or some eights, right? So we got to bet kind of big here. That's a he. That's a bad card for Erlanson. He should know it. But we should make it so it's it's an easy fold. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So. I think.
1: I think we have we might have no fold equity though against any nine that also has yeah. a straight draw. That's true like that's nine, true nine six nine five nine ten nine jack
0: there's nowhere folding out nine ten yeah there's like no chance right. and probably not nine jack either right probably um but there's a lot of other nines that are out there this guy was in the big blind and checked right he yeah could nine get have nine three for all we yeah. know
1: happens um, to have ace nine
0: yeah and in fact we're probably gonna su- successfully fold out some of the nines when this card comes so let's bet enough so it's an easy fold for those nines like what's a reasonable amount to bet here so like
1: between sixty and eighty percent of the pot, something like that. Yeah, that's what Jake does. Goes for one twenty-seven into one sixty-six. Now I don't know if it's an easy fold for any nine against Jake Cody blind versus blind. That's true, but this is one of the worst. This is not a great card. It's not as bad as a jack or a ten.
0: Yeah, those are the overcards too. Now pairs have gotten there too. If Jake had seven six, he would have played it like this: turned a pair and kept going. We know that, right? He might have checked. Probably not. He knows he's behind. Yeah. That's true. He's open-ended. He's going to check call anyway. Like, I would imagine he's just going to keep firing. It's Jake Cody. Some guys will check that. Yeah. Jake Cody's not that guy, I don't think. I don't know what he is. He's
1: a dad. Sure. Like you. Yeah. So. That tells you everything. We're the same. Um, so, I don't know. With Ace-9, it feels like you have to keep calling as Erlinson. It's just, I mean, I know we don't block anything, but we're super under-repped. I mean, if we're not calling with Ace-9... What are we calling with nine, seven only
0: like yeah. nine, seven. We're definitely not folding Nine ten 10 and nine, Jack Nine Okay. That's just not enough. Yeah. Clearly. Right. We're going to get destroyed by Jake. If we only call we probably have hands. to
1: call with all of our nines that are like a straight like everything except for nine, three and nine, four. Basically. I think we have to call with.
0: Yeah. Okay. So all the better nines yeah. basically that have good kickers too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we can hit our kicker and maybe we're good. Yeah. Sometimes the seven pairs and like we beat eight deuce suited and stuff too. Like, who knows? You know, we, we probably have outs against, well, we have outs against almost everything except for, of course, for Jack 10, which we clearly have no outs against. Yeah. And it, six. 10. it
1: sucks to be drawing dead against like the hand that he's repping.
0: I can see wanting to fold right here, even with ace nine. Yep. I can really see it and be like, do I really want to go down this path? Because a lot of the time Jake's going to shove the river now. Right. Yep. And I'm going to have to, this is what you were saying in the last street. Like I'm going to have to hero this a lot. Yeah. With this hand specifically, and do I want to go down that road? Because I can get off the train right now. This also makes the bet really good, right? Because there's the threat of the mm-hmm. shove, um, and Jake's the kind of guy who is going to shove a lot as a bluff too. Now that maybe makes me want to call a little bit more, I guess, knowing that that's coming, and Jake's going to give me a double up a lot, right? It's but it's hard
1: to pull the trigger. So high variance, deep, man. Deep in a, it an sucks. Event. It's hard to get deep in an event. Like yeah, this, and you're you know? like, what if he has it this time? I'm just yeah. out. But that's how I mean. I've definitely felt that way. Oh yeah, of you know. course. Anyway, Erlinson does make the call. I feel like that's the only reasonable decision you can make, but it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Pot is 420k, and guess what I didn't do right down the river card.
0: That's cool. I can say this. Three hearts. Three hearts. hearts. I can tell you this. uh, Erlinson has 476k in his stack. He's, of course, the effective stack. So, like... I guess Cody doesn't have to shove, but I would expect his Erlinson a shove coming almost always unless Cody now has, like, a weird pair situation. Like, he has a seven. Maybe he checks the river with the seven. Yeah. But, again, he's always losing with the maybe seven. Maybe if
1: the nine pairs and we actually have a hand that we will definitely call with, maybe Cody shuts it down then. Right. Which maybe is not necessarily a good outcome. The nine pairing is maybe the one way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, That's three it. of hearts, so Cody does not get there. Right. So... Should he go for it? It sounds like everything we've said so far indicates yes, he should go for it. That Erlinson is just a horrible spot; doesn't have too many combos of two pair of straights at this point because he didn't raise the turn, he didn't raise the flop. Right. I mean, if Erlinson could have two pair on the turn, if he had nine seven or yes. even eight seven, I
0: guess, and that's going to be an easy call for him on the river. Yeah, he's not going to love it, but he's definitely going to make it. Um, but besides that, like, it's hard to. It's going to be hard to hero with at least some of those nines, if not all of those nines. You got to really decide your your putting your flag in the sand here, right? I mean, I've, we've all been there where we've, yeah. where we've done it too against like these hyper-aggressive players. I remember doing this against Alex, Alex Foxen once where I called triple barrel, including the all-in with just top pair, no kicker. I had queen 10 on a 10 high board. And that last, I went, call, the first two calls were pretty easy. That last one was pretty tough, you know? And it took me a solid two minutes to put the chips in. Yeah. Because, you know, like we were deep-ish in a w, uh, World Series of Poker event. And it's like, I don't know, man, like, this sucks. But I know he's capable of not having it. And, but I'm, going out with one pair just feels like, when you put in so many chips, just feels just like, like... feel like an idiot. Terrible story, yeah. you know? When he's just like, I have a set. You know, I have, to, I have an over pair. I have a... And you're like, nice hand. And you just feel like such an idiot. But then you walk out of the Rio and you cry. And everyone looks at you like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Um, but, but, of course, what you're doing is you're like, this guy doesn't have to have it. So. Right. So that makes it easier to call. Like, that, that should encourage me to call more. Right. So anyway, it's this terrible spot, um, and that's a good reason for Cody to be like, "Let's go. Let's see if you got it. Let's he's, see how you
1: feel." He still blocks the nuts in ten six. You know, well, I think I think if he's got bluffs, this is a really good candidate. Yep. And maybe you're up against like eight ten, which has to call the turn. Yeah.
0: Or even seven ten, which has to call the turn and now has to fold the river. Yeah. Nine um, ten may decide to fold as well. I don't yeah. know. Like they all block things. Well, no, now they block the nuts. Actually, it's a little better. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe it's just, I, I just think like as Cody, we should be like, and this is what he does, but just putting pressure on people who are not seasoned, moneyed pros basically as much as possible in these big spots where first place is 800,000 US dollars and they've currently locked up about 17,000, you know, I looked it up by the oh, way, so it's, okay. about, so it's a lot, it's so even less, like there's so much money to be won, you hate to go out so early if you yeah. can avoid it.
1: Yeah, okay. So Cody does move in. Yeah. 476 into 420. I mean, as Cody, you're like, I mean, I hope he doesn't step. Is he only repping straights?
0: I don't know if he's only repping straights. If he ha- Let's say he had 9-8. Okay.
1: Would he go for it with 9-8? I mean, you figure you're getting it all in either way, right? Would you really go all in? Wouldn't you be concerned about the calling range?
0: Well, the reason why you go all in is to make it look a little bluffy and hope to get a little heroed. I don't know if that's going to work though. That seems a bit ambitious. Yeah. So now you're thinking like with nine eight he might bet. Well, how much is in the pot k here? Or something. Yeah. There's four hundred and twenty in the pot. So yeah, two hundred k. Make I, it nice and callable for that. And nine. I think
1: you could comfortably fold to a shove unless it's Bryn Kenny with nine eight. Oh, that's a good point. You yeah. actually
0: can save yourself chips. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not gonna. Yeah. But there's no way this guy's gonna shove two pair now. Right. right?
1: There's that'd be that'd be
0: sort of insane. To and do. he's not
1: gonna take a blocker and shove in this spot most likely.
0: I don't even know if people were doing that. Yeah. Back then and you would assume the guy who at this point has earned probably
1: 100K on his hand and is just like, you're not worried about him doing right. that. Like, right. So I think maybe Cody's repping only straights because I don't think mm-hmm. he has too many sets in his range. Except deuces. He could yeah. have deuce, deuce, deuce. He could. I guess maybe he could take this line with that to get called specifically by two pair. But that's ambitious also.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So Cody's now repping a straight and looking like he's trying to get called by two pair. And the two pair has to be 8-7 or 9-7, right? Yeah. I really can't. I guess it could
1: be a weird deuce seven suited, but that doesn't even feel very likely to me. It doesn't. So how do you parse this as Erlinson? I have a pretty clear answer, I think. Um, I do too. You want to go go first? Go All ahead. right. Well, we call with our two pairs. Of course. Um, if we somehow have a straight, obviously we call with that as well. We call with our nines that block the nut straight. The the nine ten and the nine jack. We call with. Of I'm course. not sure if we call with the ones that block the lower straight. Probably not. And maybe we fold all the other nines. I don't think that's enough of a range. I feel like we're folding too much. That's just not that many hands. How often is Jake Cody actually going to take this
0: line? I mean, he has the perfect hand it's, to do it with. It's Jake Cody. He takes this line more than most. He's the guy who, like... What's
1: another hand he's going to do it with that is a bluff? Okay, that's a good question. Um,
0: he could do it with hands that have sevens in them. That's a concern. Seven, five, seven, six could be out
1: there. I guess so. Maybe
0: 10, seven, two. Maybe. Also, does Jay Cody once in a while just show up with total weird air here? I don't no, know. I
1: don't. I don't. Think I don't remember
0: so. anymore. That honestly. seems
1: like a bad play. I don't think so.
0: I, I just don't know. Um, I know he was hyper aggressive a lot and putting people and like he was the guy who went all in like post flop more than almost anyone else. I just, on the tour back. I didn't in the perceive day.
1: him as bad. No, me either. Me either. And if you did this, if you did this with King Four, you're kind of bad. Not if it works a lot. But come on, I don't like. Th- Occam's Razor says he's not doing that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um.
0: I'm concerned that he's got other hands that uh does he ever have weird check raises also that maybe we weren't expecting that we're not p- sort of putting in his check raise range like 10 8 um 8 6 these are hands that he check raises
1: cuz like he thinks- I mean you're really I mean I, I I'm understand. asking I'm asking about I'm trying to figure out what his, what his range could be here I've, I I understand but I feel like when I asked the question, you became a hammer, and all of the hands became nails. Like he's not getting there this way with most of those hands, almost ever. I just
0: said, does he ever have it? I didn't say these hands are in his range. I'm asking a question. Why are you attacking? Because I hate. People. Calm yourself. No, I think it's a fair question to ask. Is because if because if he's check raising, if he ever check raises a ten on the flop, he's going to get here this way. I don't know if he ever check raises. Is 8-10. he really going to jam for sure? I think he's got a lot of jams here, don't you? As a bluff, he blocks the nuts. The eight is almost never good. Like.
1: Just so like the seven think, is never So you think dead. you have to call with ace nine is effectively what you're saying.
0: I'm believing that we have to put ace nine in our calling range. Yes.
1: I think we can call with our nine combos of nine seven that we might have, nine eight that we might have. Um, we can call with our jack nines and ten nines, 12 combos each there. We have a little bit of jack 10, of course, a tiny bit of jack yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, we'll have that. So that's good. And we'll have some weaker straights too, potentially, that we can call with.
0: Uh what weaker straights Ten six. a little bit. Yeah. Not, not too often. Right. Yeah. Probably throwing that away in the flop. Mostly. I don't think we can fold against Jake
1: Cody. We, we might get this to happen. Yeah.
0: And also we're in position, I yeah. guess
1: maybe we, and how much, yeah, Jake
0: didn't make it that much. He just three no, exits, it, yeah. So it's just two more blinds basically to us. Yeah. yeah
1: and I guess you're right. We're going to call it ten six. Um, I think we can agree if we got here with an eight, we're folding all of our eights, and maybe, yeah. uh, although maybe I'd l- rather call with eight ten than ace nine. I'm not sure. Mm. It's if Jake's only repping straights and mostly only good straights, I think probably eight ten is a better call than it ace, is. Nine. It definitely is a better call, so then that's how you fix your problem. Yeah, we call with our eight tens and our eight jacks, and we remo- seven, seven tens also. We can call a seven, yeah, ten. and we remove, okay. we remove the queen nine pluses.
0: Okay, so how many hands did we call with on the turn? Because we call with like most of our nines
1: and all that other stuff, right? I don't so know we we also had eight ten and eight jack. Those make sense to call with.
0: Yes, they did. That's right. Um, I'm just wondering because like I want to, I just and like we're not going to do we're not we're not going to figure it all out right now. We're not going to write it all down. But I want to just make sure we're not calling with so many hands on the turn, that we're folding too many of them on the river. Like we have to call. We have, we need to have like a quality
1: defending frequency. We're here. only chop, we're only chopping off because we said we were going to fold the nine threes and nine fours in the turn. So yeah. we're only chopping off queen nine plus.
0: Oh, so that's not so bad, yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah, because we're folding all the eights that don't have straight draws anyway, and yeah. then we're calling with them the good, the good straight draws anyway, the, the tens and jacks yeah. um, on the river. Okay,
1: then that's fine. Yeah, okay, good. So I think it makes sense if you use that as your range to fold ace-nine. Yep. Because Cody is repping mostly just a straight. So that's cool. So we sort of fixed this.
0: Like We yeah. went from where you started, and I was like, I think we need to have more, and I was thinking it was ace-nine. We found more, but we found better hands than ace-nine.
1: Yeah. That's good. I'm pretty sure in the time allotted, Erlinson did not think through all of that. I mean, that's
0: super hard to think through in the time allotted. But he did end up
1: folding, which was incorrect at the moment. But I think technically the correct play. I mean, it sucks
0: so... This is one of the things I really dislike about poker, especially in poker tournaments, where you really have to go call-call-fold with pretty good hands. Yeah. And you know you're getting bluffed sometimes. Uh, And it just sucks. (laughs) And you like, it costs you a lot of chips, basically, you know? And they're the guys who are often not going to slow down once they've decided to take an aggressive line against you, you know? So, you know, they're going to go bet, bet, bet a lot and you have to go call, call, fold a lot and that just is like super annoying. Like, Ace-9 basically has to go call, call, fold once the seven shows
1: up on the turn unless you hit an ace or a nine on the river. You know, it just sort of sucks. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of a metagame tournament implication for why you might want to raise Ace-9 on this flop sometimes. Right Right. At the same point if the 7 doesn't come,
0: like there's a lot of other cards that we can call the turn pretty easily with and then call a lot more rivers with too, right? I the mean, 7 really does change things.
1: You're probably overestimating how many cards are well, good. Well, there's
0: jacks and tens and queens and yeah. sevens and sixes, right? Yeah. That's a lot. But then there's, you know, all the board pairing cards, aces, kings, fours, yeah, it's about half the deck. Yeah. That's that's tough. And I wonder if Cody's good enough to know which half of the deck he should be continuing on, which half of the deck he should just be, like, checking, or if he's just going to continue with everything that isn't a board-pairing card. I feel like
1: card. Jake Cody wasn't only successful because of raw aggression, so I think probably. Mm. Like, he had too much success to just be pure raw aggression. Well, right? I mean, I certainly remember the famous Mizraki
0: hand that we yeah. did a video on where we were like, Jake Cody, we just don't understand how he did this. We're still confused. And it was, he, like, shoved the river with, like, an, a pair of aces. There's an ace on the board. He had ace-five. Shove the river for value after getting check raised on the tournament. Ms. And Rocky got called. called him with just pocket eights. Yeah. And it was just like, How does Cody know that he can like no one in the world would ever bet this river. They would just check it back and take the showdown and hope they're good. And instead, he he shoved for value. It
1: seemed very clearly. Maybe Cody maybe Cody's special secret was he like really understood his opponents. He understood yeah. their thought process better than they understood his and yeah. he was able to outlevel them. Maybe. You know. That would that would make sense for the Mizraki Rocky hand.
0: Yeah. Also, he just liked to, you know, he knew that he was bluffing Mizraki's a lot at that point. He, like, he had, he had yeah. already done the never-bluffing Mizraki tweet from earlier that same session. Right. And so then he's like, he's like yeah, he's probably going to call me. Like, this guy likes the hero. Of course, Mizraki called him the first time with, like, top two or something like that. Right. Right? And it was, like, a hard call for him. Ace-10, Ace I remember. I mean,
1: I think it was a pretty dynamic board, and Cody could have definitely had a better hand than yeah, that.
0: Yeah, no, no, it was. It was. I think there was actually a king. It wasn't top two, but it was, he had Ace-10 on an Ace-King-10 like king 10 XX board or something. Mm, yeah. Anyway.
1: Either way. Jake Cody, I imagine went further in this event than Erlandson after this hand. In fact, he did. Uh, Erlandson ended up
0: finishing seventeenth. You know, for like okay money, (laughs) at best he finished. He ended up making twenty two thousand five hundred pounds. Jake Cody finished fifth for one hundred and thirty three thousand eight hundred pounds. That's more. Who won the tournament? Sebastian Pauly.
1: I don't remember that guy. He's
0: got. He's a, a tall, lanky dude with glasses.
1: Maybe I sort of remember him. I'm going to
0: say know. this is the German flag that I'm looking at here, too. Right? German, black, red, yellow? Is that yeah, German? that's German. He was a German guy. Yep. From Dortmund. Anyway, that was his biggest cash by a mile. But good for
1: him. Jake Cody deserved that one.
0: <laughs> they always, loved. they all did. Kevin Kylie, I remember, came in, was the big chip leader into the uh, final table. Kevin Kylie, if you remember, had that weird, like, hoodie, neat yeah. hoodie thing. Yeah. I think he's the one who busted Jake Cody. But anyway.
1: Anyway, that's that.
0: Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. You're not gonna show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them sometimes. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a break, but I'm back to claim the crown. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it. Home.